Hey, we're back again after three weeks because there's finally some news to cover. <laughs> oh, yes. And then Delton is here again. Hello. Before we start, I think today I just want to shout out to Pogo FM if you haven't heard of them before. They are a new podcast platform in town. And if you are looking for other local Southeast Asian podcasts to follow, you can check them out. Lah. They have a nice app with very good recommendations that refreshes every week or so with new episodes and new podcasts. So yeah, that's something new. That's great. And today, so we decided to focus more about movie news. Lah, because we're always talking about the movies and not the things that happen around the movies and the people watching them or behind the movies, mm. which is always really interesting. Like, the movie industry is a mad industry. I know, I'm looking at the Blu-ray prices now. Dirty Grandpa's for like $4 now. <laughs> the t- Who's in Dirty Grandpa again? Robert De Niro and Zac Efron. I think it's one of Robert De Niro's lowest points in his career. He did it for the, I, the children's college. I have That's the no reason idea. for all this. Man, you were a taxi driver. What are you doing? Well, Anyways. taxi driver came true lah. <laughs> Down in it now. Oh, God. Okay, so this episode is a special Halloween horror edition because we're gonna. Oh yeah, Halloween's near. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're gonna talk a lot about the scary things that are happening in the movie industry. And when I say scary, uh, I mean bad things, lah. <laughs> There's some good things <laughs> that we as an audience can feel quite fearful about. Right. <laughs> there are some good things, like like Kuman's pendatang Indiegogo success. Right. Yeah. Uh, what's the details about it? I think they raised about one hundred and twenty-eight percent of their goal on Indiegogo, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they aim to have three hundred thousand, uh, but hundred twenty percent, uh, roughly uh, la, roughly is about four hundred and thirty thousand. Yeah. That's amazing. So the reason why, okay, so sorry, some context here for people who are not in Malaysia. Kuman Pictures, uh, is an indie local studio in Malaysia, mm-hmm. and they decided to do a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo for this new movie they have called Pendatang. Yeah, but because Kuman Pictures, they were, they are coming off the success of their movie Raw, yeah. uh, which is which was released in theaters here. Was it last year? Yeah, no, uh, that's two years ago. The first lockdown. When uh, yeah, yeah, around there. Yeah, the first two lockdown. Ago. Yes, two yes, years yes. ago. Would be two years there. ago, and it, when it came out on streaming, a lot of people reacted favorably to it, including director Edgar Wright. Mm. So we got like got a good coverage from that, especially Kuman Pictures. So they decided, you know, they they wanted to be more ambitious. They wanted to do something a little more, a little bit more incendiary, yeah. so to speak. So they made a movie about. Like making, ra- make, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, they're making a movie about uh, racial relations within yes. Malaysia, which is, uh, you know, some people will say could be better, for lack of a better description. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, in Malaysia, despite being such a racially diverse country and culture, it is unfortunately a very taboo subject at the same time. Mm. Yeah, so they're doing this because they know, we know that a movie like this will probably be censored or not even or allowed. Or banned. Yeah, or banned mm. outright in mm. Malaysia. So by going the crowdfunding route, they are going to release it on YouTube for free for mm. anyone and everyone to watch. Actually, even, I think, might be banned in Singapore too, you know, if, if this was released theatrically. 
But but yeah, you know, they decided to post the whole thing up on YouTube for free, which yeah. is kudos to them, man. Admirable, yeah. yeah. And the fun fact is that they targeted three hundred thousand, and if they stated that if they didn't hit three hundred thousand, so for example, if I chip in fifty ringgit or hundred ringgit, mm-hmm. if they didn't hit the mark, they be, they were return all the money that was uh, given to them. Wow. Unless they hit the mark of 300,000, then only they will go forth with the movie. I mean, it's quite amazing. Because I think crowdfunding in Malaysia is, it hasn't really caught on. It's not really that well known, at least yeah. the, way the, the way movies or at least anything is yeah. being funded by you know, crowdfunding in Malaysia. It's almost unheard of. I think because I have a good metaphor to explain how poor our giving it forward, right? I, thought you, I it. thought you were going to say currency, but sure, go no, on. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> our currency is already <laughs> You know, uh, it's called giving it forward, right? Where you give right. something now so that in, in the future it comes back to you. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, well, in Malaysia, <laughs> for example, on the road, people can't even see that if sometimes you make way for the other car, you won't clog up the road and cause a traffic jam. <laughs> okay. So, hey, um, so you're, pay, you're, you're paying it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, congrats to Kuman. Uh, go Google Pendatang. I'm sure they are open for more um, support uh, here and there lah, because uh, they are indie studio mm. and every. Release you know, raw on Blu-ray. Come on. Yeah, actually, we want it. Malay local movies. They only have it on DVD in the states. Uh, I'm not sure what about here, but in the states, it's being released by I don't know Filmworks. If I'm sorry if I got this wrong. Or something, but it's being re- it's released on DVD there, but not Blu-ray anywhere else. Yeah, it's very funny. Like um, from a personal experience, because uh, I I know someone who knows someone. Our movies here tend to not be released on the physical rare. Format. Yeah, DVDs it's, yes back then. Yeah, but almost none of them get remastered into Blu-ray. I I think because we picked up high definition home video releases at a very late time when everything else is already being pushed onto you know Astro VOD and all that so we we got a couple of local movies on Blu-ray we got Putri Gunung Lelang which is actually a very limited collector's yeah. edition here yeah. we also have you know Hikayat Merong Mahawangsa which is renamed Clash of Empires in the UK. <laughs> uh, you you can look that up, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, no semicolon. With a no, no, I'm not in sure the land that. of Malaysia. <laughs> so another movie would be Bunohan by Dan Said. That also got like a Blu-ray release. I'm not sure if I'm not mistaken, Germany, but it's by Universal, so it's region free. And uh, recently, Geran, uh, which is not a bad martial arts movie, but it was given a very cheesy. A US Blu-ray release They put it under the name Silat Warriors <laughs> Deed of Death Okay <laughs> So 70s man. Deed of Death would be fine Deed actually. of Death is yeah. awesome <laughs> Silat Warriors Is unnecessary But hey You gotta sell the culture You know, you know Yeah you know, But you know, where are the rest Where are the P. Ramli movies Where are uh, the Yasmin Aman okay, movies So Yasmin Aman Because of a friend of a friend That I know Is because it's owned by Like three or four People and companies And it's just A copyright Nightmare mm. Yeah uh, oh, That's nuts. what I know la. Uh, It's really bad And like For example I know One of these uh, Our shareholders I guess you want to call it He has a share in it And He just doesn't want to Print it Into anything oh, else Oh no So That's it So far People try to talk to him Whether to buy it Or just to Convince him to print And then he gets a cut Of something You know some deal la. Oh. Not interested at all And he's quite old And his, uh, his health Is not in a good condition Oh dear So if anything happens That's it Uh you never get a printing. What with his family members or anything? Apparently, no. he just doesn't care. 
Oh my god. Yeah, I'm not sure why or what lah. We, we need a restoration. I could be wrong, I don't know my con- my friend's contact, but yeah, yeah that's the case. We, we need a restoration lab here pronto. Yeah. Uh, but but, but yeah. I know Japan is trying to restore one of Yasmin Ahmad's movies, Japan of all countries. They did, they they did actually, and I think yeah. they got released here earlier this year. I, I forgot uh. the name. Was it Mukshin? I, yeah, I think so, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah but you see, Japan does it. Don't know how, but Japan loves are. Yasmin Ahmad yeah. films. Thank you. They love Japan. P. Ramli, I have no idea. But I guess you can watch it in those. But we, they, it should be released. <laughs> it should be released. But yeah. anyways, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, side <laughs> and then moving on to the next uh, horror story of the movie industry, it much to my uh, chagrin. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the Woman King's delay. Oh, uh, I really am looking forward to it. It was one of my most anticipated movies this year. Not much to look forward to, but it's supposed to come out yeah. in Malaysia in November. It's already out now in other countries. Credit to the studio, they released it in Africa first actually. So great, because mm-hmm. it's a story about in Africa. And in Malaysia, it was supposed to be released in November, but it's now pushed all the way to February 2023. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm sorry to be like a bit of a Debbie Downer here, but probably because Woman King has some sort of you know controversy going on in the States, maybe a small one, I'm not too sure, but it's due to, you know, apparently historical inaccuracies when compared to, you know, fact versus fiction. Mm-hmm. So they're saying the warriors that's being depicted in The Woman King are not exactly uh, I mean, he- as heroic as the movie is trying to make them out to yeah. be. Uh, so we're sort of seeing like the, a similar effect to Braveheart, you know, yeah, the, yeah. You know the movie ver- version versus the real version. They didn't say it's inspired by a true story. Mm. They didn't say that this is the real story. Right. Which is a huge difference. It's uh, they're taking maybe they're taking a little bit too much creative liberty, but I don't know. No, no, no. I don't know. We, we, no, no. I want to I just wanna see the film and see decide for myself. But so far from the response of the African community, it's been great. Everyone really? loves it, yeah. And the oh. songs that they play in the movies seems to be being sang and celebrated oh. in the African community. So at least from what I saw online, lah, it could be just all curated by the <laughs> media and the studios. I don't know, man. You know how it works nowadays. Uh, but from what I've heard, it's been all good. Uh, other than just a few cynics that say that. Lah. Mm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't really consider them cynics, but I would just like see... In this one ear, in the other ear. La. This I know. is the problem with all these movie discussions now that we've been talking about, like, even the last episode. Like, we're going to talk about it later. So, <laughs> like, the Doctor Fate and Doctor Strange uh, argument or discussion is going we'll on. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's just a huge problem with how movie conversations are going about now. Mm. La. I, I don't know. La. Right. In one year, what year, like you said, and then just choose what you want to listen to, la, whatever. Mm. <laughs> no, see it, then decide. You know, yeah. that's what I say. Yeah. And uh, the problem about it being delayed, la, I have to mention a bit, because when the Woman King gets delayed, a movie like that, that from what I've seen, at least in the trailer and some pictures, it needs to be watched uh, on the big screen in the cinemas. It's, yeah, it looks really gorgeous. It looks scale, gorgeous. Right? I'll yeah. give it that. So it's going to be delayed three months, four months. February, and right? We're coming yeah. out. Ooh, so four nuts. months in a country that is drive with piracy. It's okay. We got Black Adam coasting us <laughs> for another two, three months. <laughs> no, 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 but what I'm saying is that by the time it comes out in February, right, everyone's probably going to watch. Those who bothers, who are really excited for it, is going to watch it online. online. And then mm. because of that, ticket sales will be really bad. So it'll be the same <laughs> thing that happened to Nope. Yeah. And then the movies like this will never and, come here because they James don't sell. Bond. James Bond was actually postponed here a lot of times. Like it came out in the US and UK between September and October, and we got it at the end of November. That's when the Blu-ray came out. 
Not see? just web rip, you know, the Blu-ray. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to ask what's going on with our, you know, yeah. the Malaysian release plan. And I don't know why. Um, the few people that ask who have some knowledge in of the industry, whether it's censorship, whether it's I don't know, maybe the the deal who earns who the cinema earns how much, the studio earns how much, blah blah blah. We don't know. We don't know why this is being delayed. Yeah, and yeah. usually Malaysia gets it really early is to avoid piracy. Pre-COVID. Yeah. Because when a movie gets released late in America, for example, or in England or Australia, where piracy is really controlled, uh, it doesn't matter because the people there can't watch it. they take it very seriously. I yeah. think Japan, they fine you if they find out that you've been wa- reading illegal, uh, reading their manga illegally. Yeah. Fun fact, about maybe 10 years ago when I was in Australia, mm-hmm. I, download, <laughs> I downloaded Assassin's Creed. Oh. And then, right, within a week, I got a letter from Ubisoft, oh which is the, the developer of Assassin's Creed, warning me that uh, you've done something illegal, uh, they know about it, and if I do it again, then there will be repercussions. You got a cease and desist letter. It's oh crazy, I'm goodness. shocked. <laughs> shocked, dude. <laughs> yeah, they take it seriously there. Yeah, this is 10 years ago. And uh, Ubisoft is an American company. Right. So it's just yeah. amazing how in Australia it has happened across the Pacific Ocean. But, you can't uh, do it in any Western countries, man. Just, they're out to get you. Yeah, <laughs> they will uh, do. You do that, they'll get you, man. <laughs> so, uh, Woman's King's delay. Oh my gosh! I hope movies like Tao and all these other things. I don't know lah. I'm uh, not sure whether Tao will be coming out it, here. It will if it gets nominated for Oscars. Then you know it does. Yeah, that's what happened in Malaysia mm. when a movie gets nominated for Oscars or win a big uh, Oscar award, Best Picture or whatever, right? The next two months or the next month after the uh, Oscar ceremony, it will be released in like an Oscar run. Because hmm. they know when a movie wins Oscars, then people will be like, oh, what is this interesting power movie that I want right. to watch? It happened yeah. with, I think, Shape of Water, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it did, it did, yeah. And now uh, did you mention it? Few more, a few more Oscars. Some Dog Millionaire, so same yeah, thing. Same. I remember way back. Hmm. Well, tell that to Moonlight. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. 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 So, okay. Um, Actually, there's a huge uh, topic that we want to talk about, but since we have time, we are actually managing time quite well, <laughs> considering that we are not managing it at all. Uh, we can do a quick talk about the direction of horror movies these days. Yeah. Very interesting one Since here. it's Halloween, might as well. Yeah. So, let's, we're going to talk about some movies for now before we go on again about news. And uh, when I say the direction of horror movies, is because I realised that with modern horror movies these days, it's not the typical jump scares, ghosts, Haunting possessions. It's really, it's they're taking a turn, lah. I don't explain it, but ever since Conjuring One, uh, things have changed, right? I, I would not say even Conjuring One. I would actually go far back to say, uh, Saw. Actually, mm. to be honest, you want mm. me to be perfectly honest? Horror changed when Saw came mm-hmm. onto the picture. Um, before that, it was slashers. Of course, yeah, the ghost. Actually, the ghost stories, the boo here, boo there, jump scares. They're not gonna go away. There's still gonna be people making those, but when you talk about like just raw, gruesome intensity, like Saw was the one that really started this whole trend, and then people stayed away from the gore, mm. but they kept the intensity. That's why we have stuff coming out from A twenty four right now, like The Witch. We mm. got the Hereditary, Midsommar, uh, Saint Maud. All of these are just pure psychological horror. All of these just messes with your mind. I mean, Saw does mess with you, but in a very visceral, gut-wrenching way. You see all the yeah, yeah, yeah. gut spilling out. like you. <laughs> it's kind of like exploitative, but yeah. not really. Yeah. And like somehow A24 was managed to, managed to capture that essence yep. and just distilled it. Instead of being overtly violent, 
it, it, don't get me wrong, it's still quite violent in some parts, like Midsommar, but it, it captures the fear of it. Yeah. It, it. It just captures the essence of fear and it just makes you feel nothing but dread throughout. Then I have to bring up movies like Malignant. <laughs> Which is That's just James Wan being... Uh, you know, having fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and also, I mean, we don't see much of those ghosts and hauntings mo- a lot these days, right? We're seeing things like X, which is mm. a, a slasher killer movie, which has been missing for a long time. Oh, X was fun. Yeah, X was a lot of fun. And then now Pearl. Oh, I think you have a lot to say about Pearl. I do. I actually just recently I saw Pearl, and I have to say it blows X out of the water. Um, I absolutely love Pearl. Uh, if you're wondering. You just imagine, right, if you do a horror movie, a bit uh, a slasher killer, and then this is the... Oh, man, I can't say anything. Okay, I can't say it because it's spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can't spoil... You can't say anything yeah. about Pearl because it's actually a spoiler for X. But yeah. let's just say it's about a very, very disturbed young woman who has dreams of her own and she has a very twisted way of making sure they come true. It's because she wants to be like a movie star in like the 1918s. Yeah. This was uh, during the Spanish flu time. So yeah, but I mean... It looks great. The colors are gorgeous. X kind of feels like an exploitative film, like because it is. It was is basically about, you know, porn actors trying to get into yeah, yeah. a situation where they shouldn't be. We shouldn't be in. Pearl is set in the nineteen eight like nineteen tens, and the colors are gorgeous. Like really replicate the technicolor of mm. the filmmaking eras of those days. So it kind of feels like you're watching The Wizard of Oz. And then you see blood splash across the screen. I'm like, oh yeah, this is horror. Mm. And the music just becomes so intense, even though it kind of like, you know, you know the old 1940s, 30s melodramatic music, they swell up during a big romance. Mm. It's there. So it's like pure classic I filmmaking. And, and Mia Goth, she's, she's, great, she's amazing in, in Pearl. She was really great in X, but she's ma- simply amazing in, in uh, Pearl. And her final scene in the movie, I'm not going to spoil anything, her final scene in the movie is going to stay with me for the rest of my life. Okay. So this is the one that probably pushes her into... I hope I so. Know. And if there's any justice, the Academy would like, nominate her performance. Really? Like, you think so? Yeah. She's that, she's that good. I mean, yes. It's horror, a horror like, movie. Horror movie, you know. Yeah, horror movies with Oscars just I'm still there. very angry Tony Collette did not get yeah? a single nomination exactly. for Hereditary. Yeah. Tony Collette and Hereditary was amazing. Hmm. Never forget. It's so bad. It's so good. <laughs> Sorry, it's not so bad. It's so good that now when I watch it in any other thing, right, I just see it as the mum from Hereditary. What, even in Triple X3? <laughs> no, no. I, I watch a movie called, uh, a series called Unbelievable uh, and she is playing a really uh, tired detective, la, a mm. veteran detective. Right. And when she's just acting really somber and sad and really weighed down by the case that she's trying to solve, mm. all I'm seeing is, oh my God, it's Hereditary mum being really sad. <laughs> I just cannot, <laughs> yeah, I can't look past it. It's, it's a great role. Well, goodness. Yeah, she's, ter- she's terrific. And Mia Goth also is terrific. She's a, she truly is a star. Yeah. I hope to see more of like, you know, her doing this kind she, of stuff. She's still quite future. new, right? With just she's been Nymphomaniac? A, no, she's actually been around for a while. Since Lars von Trier's Nymphomaniac. Yeah, yeah so Which is after, not that long ago. It, it, it Five turns, years? I think it will turn 10 this year. Oh. So yeah, it's been... But she doesn't act a lot, lah, right? Not a lot until yeah, recently. She started really... I think she's only really beginning to blow up this okay. year. Especially this year because like X, Pearl, and now there's a third movie on the yeah. way by this same director, yeah. Ty West, also Mia Goth's in it, Maxine. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that one. Well, and there's another uh, horror movie per se that I have to highlight. It's called Barbarian. Uh, I haven't seen that yeah. one yet. You haven't seen it? Uh, but if you are looking for something new and something fresh to watch, check it out lah. 
It's called Barbarian. Um, both of us don't really know much about it because <laughs> we're trying to avoid spoilers. I've avoided a lot of stuff. Even I avoided the review, reading the reviews yeah. about it. I just want to go in cold and enjoy it. Yeah. So the funny thing about us talking about movies that we haven't watched is that we we try to recommend movies that <laughs> we can't even talk about because we don't know. But but because it looks good. Yeah. Sometimes choose the choose the correct um outlets uh, movies uh, sites that we trust movie reviewers that we know mm. uh, they said good stuff about some, this sometimes la. it's just due to gut instinct sometimes you see something and you're like you know what this looks good but I'm not going to see any more trailers or reviews because I don't want to ruin the experience <laughs> which is why you know come, coming back to your question about you know movie discussion what can we expect this is why I, I, I avoid a lot of trailers I avoid a lot of posters if not all of them for yeah. movies that I'm really looking forward to because I just want to go in cold and I just want to see, okay, what do they have in store for me? And if I'm enjoy it, you know, that's that. The, the, the one thing I learned about that, right, the one that actually affected me the most is actually soundtrack, surprisingly. Mm. Movie posters, uh, I think for me, it's okay, it doesn't reveal too much. Movie trailers, as long as it's not a bad trailer, those that really reveal most of the movie. Like, nope. Uh yeah, but <laughs> usually the, the first trailer that they release usually is fine. Yeah, and I think I I forget enough by the time the movie comes out, which is usually maybe like six months later. But the ones that I regret uh, being exposed to first is actually movie soundtracks. Oh, uh yeah, Tenet and Dunkirk. Oh my goodness, you got like the Nolan Man of Steel. <laughs> And another one that I can't remember, another movie, but I listened to the soundtrack first because the composer is a good composer. Of course, Hans Zimmer and Dunk, or Ludwig Göransson, Tenet, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I listened to the soundtrack and I think because when it comes to sound, you don't have any visual uh, thing to look at. So your imagina- imagination goes wild. Yes. And if the yes. soundtrack is great, you know, it really can just soar to the the skies and beyond. So I think when I listened to those songs, right, I just expected so much and I painted this whole canvas <laughs> on my own, in my own head. And when I watched the movie and I'm like, there's nowhere I thought the soundtrack would be applied Then to. you're only like disappointing yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know? so after after those few movies, I entirely stopped listening to the soundtrack beforehand. <laughs> as, as much as I was excited about the movie, you know, like, oh, Nolan's new movie and then Hans Zimmer's uh, scoring and like, mm. oh yeah, it's going to be a good uh, compliment for each another. And I, mm. Since then, I, I stopped, like, I scared. I really mm. got tra- trauma from it. <laughs> I, I kind of get what you mean. I also don't really do that until after I've seen the movie. Yeah. But then, like sometimes it gives me great surprises. Like you said, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Like everybody knows Dune. His score is fantastic. Yeah. No doubt about that. But his other work that year, the James Bond movie, No Time to Die. I was not expecting him to go full symphony, full orchestra. Mm. Usually he does synthesize orchestra, but this one he you can hear the strings and horns swell. So I was not expecting that at all, and I was pleasantly surprised. Mm. I actually. Unpopular opinion I think his score for Bond Is better than Dune mm. Personally But you know That's just me I'm a bit of an Old school kind of guy yeah. But yeah I, Now I listen to That soundtrack regularly The No Time to Die soundtrack I was I would agree to you that I would agree with you That Dune soundtrack Isn't like Great great It's It's different But The, th- the thunder is there yeah. man. But honestly it. If you ask me now To just think back About the tune I can't really Think <laughs> about it Other than the The, the wailing <laughs> But other than that, not really. Right. I can't recall the tune much. I, I still remember Bond. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, of course, the Bond theme is there, but he yeah. does his own spin on it, man. It's yeah. nuts. 
<laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> another side check there <laughs> and then now um, yeah we're gonna hit you with the biggest nightmare of all and it's called Warner Brothers oh no yeah I think oh, they are oh, like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they are pure horror <laughs> nightmare feel in the movie he's not really sweeping the, the, the trash off the table <laughs> not yeah. just the trash everything else that comes with it it's horrible like you think that they're messing up so bad right and then next week they're just gonna like mess it up even more you throw more shit to I the fan I don't know whether they're actually messing it up I only can time will tell uh, you know still but they're really aggressive at whatever they're doing honestly <laughs> I don't know man it's just too aggressive <laughs> uh, okay so <laughs> talking about Warner Brothers right, we have to mention their latest on Black Adam Okay. okay. I still haven't seen it, so I yeah, can't I haven't say seen much. it. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a lot to talk, even though you never watched the movie. Okay. <laughs> that's how. That's what Warner Brothers do. You know, there's so much to talk about. And and one of the things that I I noticed is that the Black Panther trailer was released like a week after Black Adam was released. Was it? Yeah. The release date uh-huh. was released a week after Black Adam oh, was okay. released. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, one week before Black Adam's uh, release. Sorry if I got the dates really bad there. Okay, so what happened is that Black Adam is like, let's say for example, oh, Black Adam is going to come out next week, you know, Warner Brothers Marketing is building hype for mm-hmm. it. And then on the Marvel side, the new Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Of course. When it was announced in the Disney con where they released, you know, their whole schedule for the next five years or so, mm-hmm. we knew Black Panther is going to be released soon. But everyone expected it to be out in December. And this was, I think, in August which is only like a month or two ago. And then suddenly, right, one week before Black Adam's release, Black Panther's trailer pops out <laughs> with the new release date, which is like a month after Black Adam. Is like Disney firing a shot? Yeah, I really think so. <laughs> They're trying to steal Black Adam's thunder. La. <laughs> but it's black in the name. <laughs> it's, re- it's really like, damn, I don't know, la, if it's planned by Marvel, I think it's freaking brilliant because everyone is looking forward to uh, right. Black Panther 2. So... It's just amazing that this happened. And I don't think it's a coincidence. No way it's a coincidence. Because usually when a release date is announced, it'll be announced months before, mm-hmm. not a month before. <laughs> it's crazy. COVID screwed things up. That's why I think they're not taking any chances now. They're like, okay, we got a lock date. But still, if, if they wanted to release it so soon, like in November, then people have announced it in August during Disney Con. I, I think they just want to get Phase 4 done and over with so mm. they can focus on Kang. And I don't know, man. And the Kang, Phase Kang. 5. Kang, Kang, that's how you call yeah, it. Yeah, Kang. Yeah, okay. Kang. Kang seasons, uh, sorry, Phase 5 and 6. I don't know lah. There you go. Anyway, anyway. And another thing to talk about Black Adam is that Doctor Fate and Doctor Strange. Uh, I feel conflicted because like Pierce Brosnan was is one of my favorite Bonds. So. He, apparently he did well in the uh, role, right. but the problem here, if uh, if you haven't heard, there's an argument going on online. Okay. Okay. The argument is that. Doctor Fate in the comics was created before Doctor Strange. Okay. So the DC fans are actually defending that Doctor Fate is so-called better because he came before Doctor Strange. How is? <sighs> but the problem here, the comparison is undeniable. It will happen because here right, you have right. two sorcerers. You know, mm-hmm. even though one is draped in gold and the other one is. They're, they're both draped in gold. One's red, one's blue. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and both are wizard sorcerers one, in their right. own worlds. They are like. Sorcerer Supreme if you want to just use the Marvel theme. <laughs> la. okay. But the problem here is that it's not about who was created first. It's nothing about that. The problem is that if you watch the trailer or you watch Black Adam, Dr. Fate's powers, effects, the CGI effects, is 100% copy-pasted <laughs> from Doctor Strange. 
It's horrible. So like when Doctor Strange casts a spell, you know he does his hand sign. Yeah, yeah, his little twirly thing. Yeah, yeah, and then um like purpley red sparks and crystalline yeah, glass yeah. shattered <laughs> pops out and flies around. Mm. In Doctor Faith, it's the exact same thing, but in gold. Why? <laughs> I, I I cannot. I really cannot. Um, you, you think it was fathom like a this copy paste job or something? Yeah, and not not just the crystalline effects, right? They even copied the powers. So Doctor Strange, you know, when he fights uh, Thanos, for right, example, right. he clones like a hundred Doctor Strange uh-huh, and yeah, 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 onto yeah. the Thanos or whatever. Doctor Faith does the exact same thing. He clones himself into a hundred Doctor Faith, and was then he tries to hold on to Black Adam. Was this in the movie? Was it? Yeah, it's in Black Adam. Oh my god! You can, I think it's in the trailer as well, if I'm not mistaken. So oh I don't understand. It, it's a good effect, no doubt. The crystalline effect is fine. It looks good, but come on, when you have Marvel there doing it already, why, why copy it? Just <laughs> do your own thing, lah. <laughs> I cannot I'm pretty sure A CGI artist Is capable of creating Like 10 other different effects there. Right Why must it be The exact same one With Doctor Strange maybe, Why Maybe they were short on time <laughs> <laughs> Which is likely Because of all the Complaints recently By CGI artists About working oh, on yeah, Superhero yeah. movies You know I don't understand Didn't anyone in Warner Brothers Watch the Marvel movies As research And hey This looks too similar Maybe we should do Something different <laughs> No No <laughs> Yeah, didn't maybe, they think about that? Yeah, maybe oh. someone watched it and they're like, "Oh, okay, that looks good." I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but then if you watch the Marvel movie, you realize that it's too similar. <laughs> it's too similar. You're gonna make people compare it, hundred percent. Maybe maybe the fellow who approved it is Walter Hamada, and look what happened. Oh. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you are wondering, Walter Hamada is. The ex-head of the DCEU, right? Yeah, he ex. Yeah, he is the Kevin Feige who is like the supposed one spearheading Marvel. Uh. So yeah, some other fella is supposed to spearhead the DCEU. <laughs> and he was released from the job yesterday. You could, I mean, you could say that he was allegedly fired, of course. Which <laughs> is left, so yeah. odd, which is only like a week into Black Adam's release. And I'm here wondering, okay, if you really want to sack this guy... Or he wants to leave. Agree to it, yes. But maybe announce it later after Black Adams. This was a mess. This was a message by Warner Brothers. It has to be a message by Warner Brothers. It's so messy. <laughs> it's like people are supposed to be talking about Black Adam, your new big blockbuster. Right. But here, then people are going to talk about how the fellow who is supposed to lead the new phase of DCU got sacked. Like what? The the, the guy heck? who's supposed to steer the ship back in his course got sunk instead. Yeah. <laughs> It's horrible. <laughs> then, like less than a week later, now it's announced that James Gunn, James Gunn, and Peter Safran, yeah, yeah. So, I, Peter Safran, he he is James Wan's regular producer. He produced all the Conjuring movies, mm. and of course, James Gunn. We all know him from Guardians of the Galaxy, and most recently, The Suicide Squad, which I enjoyed it's a good. lot. It's yeah, good. but suddenly you announce this like, oh, we we're, we're taking over DC. I'm I have mixed reactions. Yeah. For once, uh, one one reaction would be like, okay, James Gunn actually knows what he's doing. He does. He's a copy book fan. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, Suicide Squad was a lot of fun. I actually own the 4K Blu-ray for that. One, I think probably the only DCEU movie that I own on 4K Blu-ray at, at this point. But my concern would be like, would it be too jokey? I mean, yes, I know people have their complaints about the Snyderverse and don't get me even started on that whole debate. I, 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 I like Men of Steel and I actually prefer... 
the ultimate cut of BBS over Captain America Civil War. You can flame me for that. But haven't seen Snyder Cut yet. It's four hours long. It'll take a lot of my out of my work life. Yeah, you can skip it. <laughs> la. Skip it. Okay. La. That's another debate altogether. But yeah, you know, I kind of feel like if you divert so much from what Snyder set out and you make it all jokey-jokey, I think especially with, us, with what happened with Birds of Prey and uh, Aquaman. I mean, Aquaman is fun, don't get me wrong. Aquaman is a lot of yeah. fun. It was I very juvenile. So. It was yeah. juvenile, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, which, can, which is something to talk about later. So, yeah, yeah, so you go on, you go on. I, I'm concerned that, you know, the DCEU will take on that route instead of, you know, what set, continuing what Snyder established. Yeah, that's the thing. When it's very funny because James Gunn was brought into Marvel to mm. insert good quality comedy with Guardians. Yeah, and then he did. <laughs> and it's just weird that now that DC needs to add comedy, they brought him in to do the, the Suicide Squad. Mm. And when he needs a reboot, they get him, which is a bit weird, like you said, because like there's no way that Batman would be funny. It's just not Batman. There's <laughs> just no way. I don't care if it's good quality or not, but Batman is just not a funny dude. <laughs> and Superman is not funny. He's an alien. He doesn't get human jokes. He's man. not just an alien. He's like a corn-fed all-American boy. It's not f- It's not funny. It's just... I mean, not to say he's funny. Now. He's charming, yeah. but, but it's not like downright hysterical. But then again, I truly trust that James Gunn knows what he's doing lah, because he is a true blue comic book. I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure he'll do that. I also know that... He and Zack Snyder are close uh, because they actually work together on Dawn of the Dead. Mm. Zack Snyder directed oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. remake. Yeah, Zack yeah. Snyder directed, but James Gunn wrote the script. But no, so, la, if he's going to talk about Warner Brothers with Zack Snyder, I, I don't think Zack Snyder has a lot of good things to say. I, I think Zack Snyder's pretty much done, uh, to be honest. Yeah. But I know James Gunn would continue the torch uh, yeah. worthily, la, I would say. I don't know. La. I I. I, the only way, the way to know is we wait and see. Yeah, this is one real we have to really yeah. wait and see. Meanwhile, the rest of Warner Brothers is burning. <laughs> <laughs> and you said juvenile, right? Yeah, uh, Aquaman being juvenile. <laughs> so you just if anyone who watch like it try, try to recall the relationship between Aquaman and Mera. Uh, oh good. We're not going to talk about Emma Heard. Okay, forget that. <laughs> That's but another episode. Today, one of uh, Dalton's favorite directors said something about. <laughs> superhero relationships oh James Cameron he basically said that uh, both Marvel and DC characters act like college students and he's not far wrong he's <laughs> not far off you know I know you could, people will be upset about it but then he's not far off the, the script for both the recent Marvel and DC movies feel like they're being written by college students no I mean grown ups with arrested development on the college years yeah. <laughs> sorry to say it but you know they don't talk like normal adults they don't talk no. like they have actual issues they talk like oh we want to save the world yep. and that's it you know and it's like one scene maximum two to develop the relationship yeah. yeah I'll never forget Like uh, Thor uh, Thor 1 I know this is Way back At the beginning Of all this But I'll never forget The Thor movie Where one scene Jane Which is Thor's lover And they're like Oh no I don't like you You are a brash god Who doesn't Understand human beings <laughs> You are not humble And then like In the next scene They go drinking And then they have a good time And the next scene They kiss And then That's it They're set forever <laughs> Even Being on separate planets Will not separate Their love for each another I'm like Where <laughs> I don't know man I don't know Man Where How Why So James Cameron is not Very wrong About what he said I would say I mean Don't get me wrong Avatar Again Going back to it Avatar is cheesy as hell But the characters had an arc Yeah Okay <laughs> 
At least la, that's yeah. like, not a spike. Not a spike, <laughs> but it's still there's still characters. Yeah. Uh, even like his earlier work, like I, I remember you were telling me about how much Aliens was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, the way I mean, despite the eighties lingo, characters were so well drawn mm. out. Just certain moments. You of, had an idea of who each person is. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, they changed uh somewhat or another. Like. They they had personality. You yeah. know, they had they felt like actual human beings, like Sigourney Weaver, Ripley, like the moment she takes command, it's a, done in a very subtle way, but it's amazing. You, you see, like okay, this she is a real hero, and you you root with her all the way because you see all the the pain that she went through for the first movie, and of course the begin the first half of the second movie. You feel like she's being condescended. Could could it be that in today's world we just lack personalities <laughs> in our <laughs> we people? Just, we just want like okay. Point. We just want this character to do thing number eight, thing number one, yeah. and then later thing number two, and then yeah. that's it. Like caricatures, lah. Of yeah, caricatures. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's very tricky. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no personality in a lot of characters anymore. Only the only the Suicide Squad had a lot of personality. Mm. That's why I too enjoy much. the movie a lot. <laughs> you could say too much. The peacemaker. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh man. Yeah. So I don't know, lah. It's very weird because. Well, again, we didn't. We mentioned She-Hulk before this, and then still uh, haven't seen the series. Endor, the new Star Wars series. Endor. I want to see that. Yeah, it's very uh, odd, and the discourse that's going around the movie industry now is really weird because when people complain that oh, there's not good relationships or character building, character arcs in the stories, and then like maybe Disney heard people saying this, then they release Endor, which is a slow burn spy. Trailer, not even a trailer, just a spy. It's, ri- it's written by the guy who made all, wrote all the Bourne movies, yeah. Jason Bourne. So you get like a five minute scene where they're just talking about how it sucks working under the Galactic Empire. That's it, which is unheard of in the Star Wars or Disney series and movies. That scene actually made me want to watch it. Yeah, but there you go, a proper character scene. Hmm. But then, right, almost half of the fan base are hating it because <laughs> it's too slow. Half yeah, a lot like enough oh to garner God. media attention like, basically. Yeah, so I don't get it because <laughs> when the show is slow, people will say that it's oh, it's too slow, it's boring. When the show is fast and it's just action packed, people say it lacks depth. And it's just really odd like. I think it's just all noise at the end of the day. People just want to, you know, discuss and all that. But oh man, it's I tell you, people are going to complain if the new James Bond ends up being like one of those Pierce Brosnan or Roger Moore days. Uh, they're gonna complain. Where's the seriousness? Uh-huh. I'm like, spoiler alert for No Time to Die. Like, if you didn't see the ending for that, like, we need James Bond to be fun again. Yes, Daniel Craig has is do- he has it's done fun, his own man. thing. The yeah, Daniel Craig, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's the, the gritty en- kind of fun. The gritty kind of fun, yeah. uh, It's a different level of fun. But yeah. we want like the old. Oh man, I didn't know, like the old James Bond. <laughs> no, I, I, I love the old. I know you like yeah, I know, but I not the Roger Moore kind. Uh, I like yeah. the Pierce Brosnan yeah, yeah. and Sean Connery kind. The Roger Moore suave, was uh, Roger Moore was too far. But yeah. let's let's not go there. <laughs> but yeah, we we, we want put out of his time, lah. Okay. Yeah, put out of his time. time. But we want like a nice balance of fun and seriousness. I think, you know, if we hedge those expectations a bit and say, you know, this is not going to turn out the way we expected or we just open, be a little bit more open, you know, yeah. and, and just let the story progresses by itself, then we'll probably have a good time instead of trying to focus on when, when is the tone going to change or yep. when is the character going to make something illogical and yeah. all that. Which when it does, of course, you'll take notice. But if the story is good, you know, why would you pick this up? Yeah. 
And speaking about James Bond, uh, I want you as a diehard fan of the Bond uh-huh. series, the new James Bond. Okay. Who's your pick? I, I know there are speculations of who is already confirmed. Well, well Cavill is out of the chance. picture now. <laughs> Cavill is out of the picture? I don't know. Look what, what happened with Warner Brothers. What is back as Superman? Yeah, but why not act as two? Why not? I don't know. He's like Superman's so all American, and suddenly he's James Bond, who is like the British all. He bridges culture. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's say if it's not Henry Cavill, because I think Henry Cavill would be quite a of course quite a nice choice. Of course, James Bond. Take that. So who else? Idris Elba, Tom Hardy. I don't know. I Tom Hardy is Venom. <laughs> Does that work? So it, Tom, Tom Hardy is Venom and Mad Max. So uh, you know, Idris Elba. I he would have been my pick about five years ago, but now I'm not sure. They don't pick anyone over fifty who? to be their first so bonds, who, the first one. If you have to choose one now, if I had to choose, yeah. uh, it would be Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens from Google from this. the guest, and he played the Beast in the Disney remake Beauty and the Beast. Sure. Yeah. No, he's good. You've okay, seen okay. him in the guest. I need he to actually, Google him. Yeah. I don't. If you familiar, I, I loved him in the guest, and I think he'll make an excellent Bond. Cool, but cool. you know, if we'll, we'll wait and see, that's my pick. Is my opinion. Okay. Since we have still a bit of time, and we are talking about Warner Brothers, mm. something we haven't covered so far is the eight-year cut of <laughs> the first Suicide Squad. Which Release sucks. the eight-year cut. Yeah. So. First Suicide Squad wasn't that bad. At least in my opinion, wasn't the first that half bad. was great. I enjoyed yeah. the first half. Uh. Yeah. And then the then the wavy no, the no. wavy the light into the sky <laughs> came up. This director's cut thing going on now, uh-huh. I think it's worth talking because I get releasing a Blu-ray version of the director's cut, like Blade mm. Runner, for example. Because for a movie like that back then when it was released, Ridley Scott couldn't do certain things he wanted to do because of time constraint, etc., etc. Yeah. And then with he managed to fix that in the post-production after the movie was released because one the studio believed in him more and gave him mm. more freedom, blah, 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 blah. But in the case of Suicide Squad and Justice League, I, I cannot... <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's like, you know, the studio released a movie uh-huh. and then they realize it sucks. And then because people know and then there's rumors that hey there's actually a different cut about uh, of the show that is better then they're like uh, uh okay lah we release this one also lah and then we make more <laughs> I just I cannot no but in the case of Justice League it's actually completely understandable why they would release a director's cut I mean because of course Zack yeah, that's had a to whole leave. story of his yeah, own yeah. his tragedy I mean I'm not going to harp on to that I mean, if you have to leave you have to leave yeah. lah but the fact that they replaced him with Joss Whedon so quickly yep. and they reshot about 80% of the movie yep. speaks volumes about where they were, what they were trying to do to his w- film. Was it under Yamada? Hamada? Yes. Oh, man. Uh, and I'm not saying that Justice League 2017, the, the Joss Whedon cut, is a terrible film. No, far from it. It's actually okay. And I say that very, li- uh, I say that very generously. I just groan. It's Bro. okay except for a few lines, the thirsty line. I know you're very upset about that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not a terrible film, but it's so generic. It's just so forgettable. Yeah, but Batman smiles. But <laughs> you say Batman shouldn't be funny. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, super. Like you're talking about director's cut, it allows uh, the direct the unsatisfied creator to come back and tinker with his vision a bit, give or take a few years. Or something drastic that happens that forces him to make those changes for studio theatrical release, like Ridley Scott. Yeah, home video made it so much easier for him to edit the 
to to edit his movies. Yeah. Like you know, not just Blade Runner. Ridley Scott loves to do this for all of his movies. Alien, <laughs> Gladiator, The I Martian. It, for me, I feel like okay because I follow the game industry so, and it feel, I feel like it sets a, a dangerous precedent, because if this works right, if studios realize like eh, hey, it's fine if we release an unfinished product. And then we can fix it later And people will want to watch it again hmm. That's a reason there For them to make money twice And it's very dangerous Because in the game industry This has already happened Studios will rush The developers to Release a game unfinished And hmm. for them it's like It's okay Because uh, Like instead of movies Where it's out in the cinemas A game you can release Like a patch Like an update To fix the problems and all Right But because of this The studios actually feel like Hey it's okay We rush the game Even though it's problematic and all People are going to pay Full price for an unfinished product, but hey, it doesn't matter because later when we release the patch, or let's say if you want to get an extra mission or so, we release another patch, another price point where you have to pay to get the extra stuff or to get the completed product, which is bad lah. I mm. I really don't like this, and because when uh, Disney started this franchise thing and all the spin-off series, it really does feel it's sort of leaning there, like hey, this is the MCU movie timeline, but if you want the complete series. Subscribe to Disney Plus <laughs> for the this series, that series, this series to get the complete story of this phase that's, that's five. That like you're wasting money on your subscriptions if you want to catch up on what's going on with the MCU. Yeah, but what to do? Let's say if you are really invested in mm. the whole storyline, like the Marvel phase, right? You have to watch five movies and five series, <laughs> so you are paying for the five <laughs> movies. But you know, it's, it's it really feels like the games, uh, DLC. DLC is downloadable. Yeah, content, DLC. You know? <laughs> they they ship to you an unfinished product. And then they're like, "Hey, that's two hundred ringgit. It's not done. If you want more, pay fifty bucks more for extra stuff." There, there have been only two games with DLCs which are actually worth it. One of them is GTA Four, which has two DLCs. There are good DLCs, you know? no doubt, because they, you can play each of them separately. Yeah. In the, it's their own thing. And yeah. then one would be like Far Cry Three. They have an expansion pack, which is. Turns Far Cry 3 into an 80s sci-fi action yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Blood Dragon. Yes, right? yeah, Blood, Dragon. Blood Dragon. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, there are good DLCs. But sometimes you have to wonder, like, I mean, back then, like, when you plan for the game, right, mm. very likely these DLCs were being developed along with the game because a game takes three hmm. to six years to make. Right, It doesn't right. just happen overnight. So knowing that the developers have this in mind when the f- core game is being made, shouldn't it have really been included in the game? Don't know lah Right Nowadays mm. we won't know <laughs> Yeah It's about I understand you have to make money I understand But the worrying part is when Studios get uh, Unresponsible And then They release an unfinished product lah If they don't do that If they just add more content You know Add more good stories to the law, That's fine Yeah As long as it's not unfinished Or rush You know Just imagine right um, uh, Whatever Black Adam comes out the CGI is not well done. Like you see some of the lightning is not coming out of his fingers. Yeah. And then DC is like, but it's okay, we'll patch, patch that in in the Blu-ray release. And then they can market if you want to watch the awesome full powers of Black Adam, buy the Blu-ray. Oh my goodness. And because they fixed the CGI in there. So imagine if that happens and then it's a slippery slope, lah, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Because with CGI, you can add it in technically. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Warner Brothers. <laughs> uh, anything about the Cartoon Network merger? I didn't really oh, follow the news. Actually, on that. Cartoon Network. Um, a lot of people are saying that oh, Cartoon Network is shutting down. 
from what I gather, they're not actually shutting down. They're just merging with Warner Brothers Animation. So the Cartoon Network Production Studios is gone, okay. but the branding will still be there. Okay. So it's more like a combo this uh, time. So, so it's, it's just basically Cartoon Network under Warner Brothers. Yes, uh, you yeah. can say that. Then there's nothing to be worried. I know, about. but, the, but everyone the, was like sharing RIP posts, and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> there goes Dexter and Powerpuff. Actually, you know, now it's not going to be a Cartoon Network original. It's just going to be like a combined effort so I mean it's kind of sad because I do miss the whole cartoon cartoon days but it's, it's been long gone la. yeah it's, it's been, been gone, gone for a while mm. yeah Dexter Slap Powerpuff Girls uh, the old Powerpuff Girls was violent as hell la. you know yeah. <laughs> a lot la. <laughs> a you lot of back show. then were just Johnny Bravo a show which will never get made today let's <laughs> 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 not go there I know <laughs> uh, yeah so um, this is about the last month's worth of movie news so far. Uh, any movie announcements? Anything you're looking forward to? In terms of movie announcements, I think there's one with Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara. Both of them are real life couple. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, making a movie as, together. They're making a movie together. Oh it's, it's called The Island, not to be confused with the Michael Bay one. It's about like a, a psychological thriller where two secluded people, uh, they live in an isolated island outside of civilization mm. and they are forced to fight this uh, th- this kind of developer or influencer figures trying to build a resort is it a real story yeah? <laughs> I love like the real story no idea because Phoenix and Mara they are quite like alone in their own world I know they, and <laughs> I know I know Joaquin Phoenix is very environmental conscious because yeah. he produced that yeah, big Gunda. documentary Gunda yeah. so I don't know we'll see sounds interesting even from the director Pavel Pav I forgot I can't pronounce his last name but he made this incredible Polish movie called Cold War hmm. which you should see I will add it into the list great <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of it, okay I can't actually say where to recommend this but apparently there's a Netflix adaptation of a Singaporean version of Goosebumps called Mr. Midnight and from what I hear, it's not doing too hot uh, on the critic side. Oh, that was a cat. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's not doing too well. So I'm kind of curious. Like, this is a Netflix production. So the Singaporean crew have trouble spending the money? No or idea, did, were they ran out of money or something? No or what? Because I heard the acting was bad. The camera work was bad. The directing was bad. I, I didn't see Maybe the show. The point. I, I should see one episode for myself, but... By all accounts, it sounds like an episode of Crime Watch. Yeah, maybe that's the point. <laughs> maybe that's the... I'm, I'm sorry if you're a Singapore listener. <laughs> but maybe that's the, the Singaporean style. <laughs> no, like, ah, that was so bad. If, if you haven't... If you don't know what's Crime Watch, right? Oh, good. Go on YouTube Crime Watch. La. Crime Watch is like... <laughs> it's fun, man. A cop show, which is the best of intentions. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, wonderful, yeah. great intention. Like telling the public, you know, to be wary of these things. Yeah. But my god, is the acting terrible? Yeah. <laughs> go, go, go YouTube Crime Watch Singapore, <laughs> really. And I guess to, to wrap this up, because we talk about Warner Brothers almost half the time, mm. can you just imagine? Guardians is done filming, right? Guardians 3. Guardians yeah, 3. And it's being released, I think, next year? Next, yeah, next year? Yeah. Which is probably before James Gunn will release his first DCEU movie. This, this is him basically saying goodbye to Marvel, goodbye to Disney, goodbye yeah. to Guardians. I would love it if at the end of the movie, it comes with a trailer to the next DC movie. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> or because we know that James Gunn is a bit sour with Marvel. Uh, if, yeah, if we all know because of the yeah. controversial tweets. But yeah. I mean, now he's a different person. So yeah. yeah. If, if you don't know what happened, very quick recap. James Gunn did Guardians 1. 
two, two and then someone somewhere dug up his tweets I don't know 10 years he ago he made a lot of questionable like jokes very, tweets very, he made jokes about pedophilia yeah. to be honest very very questionable ones Marvel sacked him uh, because yeah. of these tweets mm. so DC obviously like oh great we'll take you in he made the Suicide Squad and then created Peacemaker which mm. were great successes so I guess there, there was his like recruitment line into DC <laughs> and yeah. then Disney of, no, sorry recruitment into this DC and then Disney Marvel said you know what we need Guardians and we can't do it without him let's just yeah. give him a bucket load of money because, for him to come back <laughs> because the Guardians story wasn't done <laughs> and, and everyone knows that only James Gunn can do that kind of Guardians story and I think he, he oh yeah the holiday special is also coming out uh, <laughs> yeah. so he even has time for that just imagine in a press conference for Guardians 3 right James Gunn just for the shits of it like Looking forward to see you in DC, guys. Oh, <laughs> Just my, like, oh God. my God. I love it. That's the shit. I have a feeling that he, he is someone who will do it because he doesn't care. Yeah. He's he, someone I who just do what do it. he does. So if Marvel gives him any reason to say something like that, I, I won't be surprised. <laughs> <dude. laughs> yeah. Because he's now like the new god of DCEU. Mm. Yeah. We'll so. see. La, we'll see. Interesting. I, I fully support him. La. Worried, but I fully support him. <laughs> For DCU And I really want to see DC work Such a wasted franchise Such a wasted uh, Group of characters there la. Some good stuff there I mean Man of Steel yes <sighs> Suicide Squad The Suicide Squad Hell uh, yes You want to talk about Juvenile relationship Man uh-huh. of Steel Superman And uh, What's her name again His reporter Lois Lane Ah yeah uh-huh. That relationship Wasn't any better okay. <laughs> It's really bad so. hey, It makes me appreciate Nolan more <laughs> his relationship how he managed to make his relationship with Bruce Wayne and yeah. Rachel Rachel was a made up character for the trilogy and mm. they had so much connection yep oh my goodness yeah Rachel was good even though even though Rachel changed actress <laughs> so the essence is the same yeah, yeah the essence is the same yeah hmm. even though you look hey, it's, it's a different Rachel but when the minute she starts talking and acting it's fine that's fine man so, this is it for this episode let's hope the next month won't be as horrific as this. Yeah, because <laughs> D- D- DC right now is under siege too. Dark territory. Oh, man. <laughs> Every episode you have to bring up. I gotta Steven bring it Seagal, up, man. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm hoping for more positive movie news. It seems like somehow a lot of movie news right, when people start talking about movies, right, it's always bad stuff. For some reason. It's always bad stuff. Always. Terrible. Someone gets sacked. Someone argued with someone. Someone gets arrested for sexual harassment or something. Very rare you get like happy. We need good news again. Come on. (laughs) What's going on with Hollywood? Well, maybe they're cleaning it. It only gets worse before it gets better. Yeah. That we can see. <laughs> Actually, honestly, the hiring of James Gunn as the new head of the DCEU, I think is positive. It's positive. It's just that the way that Hamada got sacked is not. <laughs> and then a week later, James Gunn is announced. It's like, no, man, give it some time to to burn, finish. Yeah. Let the ashes burn completely before you rise <laughs> up. This, this is like pissing on the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, goodness. That's <laughs> So yeah, that's what happens, man. Warner Brothers like that. What Ray Fisher is extremely happy that Havana is gone. Oh, man. When considering the stories he said, it sounds like a terrible dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so okay, uh, if you're looking for any movies to watch, we recommend Pearl Barbarian. Pearl for Halloween. I didn't see Barbarian. I can't see. Maybe I'll I'll see it today and see how it goes. If you're looking for an old movie to rewatch, Aliens is damn good. I just rewatched it. Holy shit, <laughs> Aliens. Yeah, so good. Alien is also good. Alien 1. Did it age well for me? <laughs> unfortunately. One of movies of all yeah, time. Unfortunately. <laughs> so, yeah, have a good time. Great. See you. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye.